and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. This week, as always, we have another amazing woman for you, Kathy Crawford, who is an author, integrative life coach, speaker, and spiritual teacher. In her work as a coach and teacher, Kathy shares her own story as she empowers women to become the change maker of their own life. Kathy Crawford was barely 31 years old and the mother of two young children when she and her husband received some devastating news. Information that they agreed to keep secret from everyone in their lives, including their families. As the years passed, this secret weighed heavily on Crawford, even more so as she continued to respect her husband's wishes for more than 20 years after his death. Raising two sons as a single parent, Crawford was determined to build a successful career and a stable home. But this proved increasingly difficult as her secret became an exhausting facade. For so many years, survival had meant hiding the one thing that she thought would harm herself and her family the most. But when she could no longer maintain the protective wall around her heart, she discovered a deeper legacy of keeping secrets that she had inherited from her parents. The only way to heal would be to open herself to her heart and then to allow others to see her as she was, without secrets and without pretense. In her debut memoir, Crawford shares her spiritual journey from hiding in the shadows of her secrets to embracing the light of absolute authenticity, learning that self-love is perhaps the most important love story of all. It's now time to tune into this one very courageous woman. Enjoy. Well, today we have another super awesome guest for you, Kathy Crawford. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Catherine, for having me. No, we love the fact that you've come on the show. And Kathy, we always love to start with a story. We always love to ask our woman of inspiration, what is your unique story? Tell us what inspired you to do what you do today. Well, um, my story starts when I was actually, um, I had been widowed when I was in my 30s. And my life had just really been shattered wide open. I had two small children at the time. And, um, you know, I was a very young widow. And my life completely changed. And, you know, I went through the grieving process and was trying to keep it all together. And um, I did all of the um, the normal things like really take care of my children and make sure that they were safe and, you know, were working through their own um 
process with death and grieving. And, um, and then I was on my journey to just, you know, keep it all together. And, um, and I did keep it all together, but what really was happening was that inside of me, there was a piece that was so broken and that piece was really my heart. And it didn't matter how, um, how successful I was in my job or what a great mom I was or anything, you know, a daughter. And it was just, there was always something, there was always this emptiness inside of me. And I had gone the way of, you know, in, um, traditional therapy, I, you know, asked for prescription drugs, you know, Prozac and things like that. And, you know, um, just the regular traditional things that you do to get through, um, your grief. And, um, what had happened was so many years were going by. And what, um, I realized was, was that nothing was working because I couldn't, I couldn't heal my heart. I could intellectually get everything that was going on around me and why I was feeling this way, but I couldn't connect back with my heart. And that was the journey then that I really set out to do. I said, how do I heal my heart? And when I decided to, to really take that step and, and go on the journey to heal my heart, I realized after a number of years, it was probably almost 20 years after the death of my husband, was that I was really holding on to a secret. And it was the secret that had surrounded the death of my husband. But I never really thought of it as a secret. I just thought of it as my life, right? These were circumstances that just happened. And it wasn't until I really started to peel back the layers and really discover the trauma and the hurt and the grief that I had gone through was I able to really step into and really speak my truth. And when I did that, um, which was as little as three years ago, I really opened up and told somebody my story. They actually were so, um, they could not believe that I had been holding this story for so many years. And when I went and I told the story, I was releasing this story, um, someone had heard my story and suggested that I write about my experience and my journey. And I, I almost laughed at the time saying, how could I, how could I write about it? I can't even talk about it. And that was the beginning of this book, Unlocking Secrets, My Journey to an Open Heart. And um, by really learning to speak my truth and be true to myself, um, I did write the book and um, Hay House which was, you know, my dream publisher and um, anyone's pu yeah, dream publisher in the world of spirituality and self-help heard the story, read my proposal and decided to bring forth this book into the world. So, um, yeah, a tragedy, I guess, is really what I'm saying. What really was a tragedy back in my, you know, in my 30s. Um, 30 years later, holding on to that story turned into a beautiful, beautiful love story that I write about in Unlocking Secrets. That's beautiful. So, Kathy, I'm curious, what would be some of those secrets for our listeners who may have gone through uh, a similar circumstances yourself? Well, that's the um, the thing. But it was it was in the uh, early '80s, and my husband had been diagnosed with AIDS, 
And at that time, um, it was the Black Plague. You, no one knew anything about it, including ourselves. And there was really no treatment. There was no cure. There was really no hope. So it was something that, you know, I, I didn't want to talk about. Um, my husband had asked me, you know, just from a, um, just please, you know, let's not tell anybody till we find out more about this. And, you know, what we thought after our di- after the diagnosis was that, you know, in a few weeks, this would all come together and we'd figure it out and, you know, we would go through it together. But what we realized was, was that it, we were so filled with shame that we never, ever in the eight, he wound up living eight years almost, we never told a soul that he had that. So I had lived and raised my children and, you know, was, was the daughter and we'd go over to my family's house on Sundays and, you know, and we just always acted like everything was normal and it was so far from normal. And it was more than towards the end, more than I could really have bared to keep because I was losing the love of my life, but yet was protecting my children from the virus, not knowing if they could catch it, you know, and I had just had a baby actually when, mm. when Larry was diagnosed and, um, you know, the baby was, you know, less than six months old when we got the diagnosis and we didn't know if the baby had AIDS. We didn't know if I had AIDS and it was really, really a scary time, but, but I, both the baby and I were fine, but again, was too afraid to share this, um, for the rejection of of AIDS and what it, what it, um, had hanging over it. Mm. Gosh, I remember some of those commercials that was, you know, when I think back on those, they created so much fear around it as well. So, um, yeah, I I hear you loud and clear. So Kathy with, so you're saying that unlocking the secrets is really standing in your truth. That yes, it is because you see the other piece to let's say not telling anyone that Larry had AIDS or actually never even had AIDS. He had HIV, but they didn't know it at the time was then I had to share the story of how Larry got HIV. And that was another secret because Larry had been a recovered heroin addict. Mm. So the story would then get deeper and there was like, well, why would you marry a drug addict? Right. Mm. Why would you know? And it was all questioning the choices and the choices that I had made. What I felt, you know, after all these years was that I I made all the wrong choices. Right. And, you know, if only I lived in a world of if only he didn't have AIDS, if only I didn't marry him, if only this and that would have happened. I lived in this world of, you know, I just I was so down and hard on myself because it was all my fault. And I think that this is what happens, you know, to so many women. Um, and I've had so many beautiful stories um, have been told to me that I have women come up to me after I do a talk or, you know, I'll get an email after a podcast and they'll share their stories. And whether it's, you know, sexual abuse or an alcoholic upbringing or, um, you know, rape, whatever, Um it's, it's, it's something that we, we carry inside of ourselves and we all have different circumstances, but we're all afraid of the shame and the guilt that goes with it. The fear of what will people think of me if I, if they know my truth. Oh, darling, that would have been a big burden for you to carry on your own. Um, I, I think that when you talk about shame and guilt, I think that's a, almost a common, um, 
default position for us women because uh, I, I find myself quite often I fall into those either those two, shame or guilt. And mm-hmm. before you were actually saying you did a lot of work, what was some of the work you did to work through shame and guilt? Well, um, I went through, as I said, I went through a lot of the traditional um, the traditional therapy, which was wonderful. You know, I mean, it really intellectually, I got it and I understood, but I couldn't connect it into my heart because Mm -hmm. I couldn't heal my heart. So that shame and that guilt, what happened was I really developed through the years, a protective barrier. I call it like a suit of armor around my heart. I was afraid to let anyone in. I was afraid to show anyone how I felt like I had to be superwoman, right? Superwoman. I needed to take care of everybody. I needed to fix everything. But the one thing that I couldn't do was protect myself, right? I could fix everything, but I couldn't fix myself. So it wasn't until I really started doing, you know, for me, the, the, the doorway was through meditation because one of the biggest things was as I was, as I was trying to heal, which was almost like a 20 year process, I had gone on to build a super career in the luxury industry. I worked for such renowned brands as uh, Chanel and Cartier. And here I was this rock star, but underneath it all, I used to be like, if people really knew, if they really knew I had been married to a drug addict, if my, you know, my husband didn't really just die of cancer, my husband also had HIV, like what would these people think? So my brain was always going a million miles an hour. It was always that monkey mind that we talk about. Mm. And so when I when I saw that the traditional things like prescription drugs and you know things like that, that, that was not going to help me. I really needed to go inside. And that was the one thing that I resisted so much. It was the hardest work I ever had to do. But I really had to go in and start to melt away what I called the barnacles that were just wrapped around my heart. Mm. And you know, the, just always what resonates with me as I'm listening to you, the, the truth will set you free. So the moment mm. you stand in your truth, there is no more barricades or barriers or anything. It just drops away. So when you were able to stand in your truth, did you feel that uh, around your heart that everything kind of just uh, disintegrated and there was lightness about it? No. I didn't initially, believe it or not, because it was still something that I really hadn't planned on doing. All I wanted to do was heal my heart. So I called myself at that time in my life was like the queen of workshops, right? The queen of retreats. I'm, you know, I'm going up to Omega, Kripalu, or, you know, these beautiful places and studying with the great masters. And I traveled to India and ashrams and all these places. And, um, all that's all I really set out to do was to feel whole. And what happened was I had um, an intuitive say to me, you have three angels standing next to you. And I said, I, I, I knew who they were immediately. I said, it was my mother, father who had passed and my beloved Larry. And I said, well, they're always with me. Where else would they be? Right. I considered them like my guardian angels. And she said to me, she said, well, they have, you know, they do want me to give you this message. And the message is, is that, you're okay. And they would really like to go. And I was like, go, go where? What do you mean? Like they want to go. Like, why wouldn't they still be with me? You know, even in, in the afterlife. Right. And she said, you're not hearing me. The message is, is that you're really okay. 
And I start, and I, I was really upset by that because I wasn't hearing it the right way. And then after I spent time um, talking about it to my, my spiritual teacher, what had happened, and she said, you know, I really don't know who you are. And then I proceeded to tell her the story and then, you know, the story of my life, right? And then afterwards, she said to me, she said, well, why are you holding on to all of this, you know, the the shame and the guilt and 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 the story is really the way it wound up coming out. Why are you holding on to this story? And I said, who am I without my story? It was all I had ever known was this life, right? And I never dropped the story. I never said, you know, well, he's gone and I can go on in this normal life. And of course I couldn't because I had been so affected by what had happened. So when I released the story, I still had a lot of guilt around it. In other words, like, you know, I'm saying to my beloved, you know, in the heavens above, is this okay? Because he had asked me, you know, in 1988, please don't tell anyone. And that was the only thing that I had left between the two of us was the secret. But I had to release the secret in order to be whole. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you know, you asked, like, how did I, it wasn't immediate. Of course, there is such great joy. My life is changed. Like, I cannot tell you, you are so right. The truth will set you free. It just, everything shifted. But I had to really b- release the bind and the chain, you know, with like getting rid of the, the guilt and that I was, you know, not honoring him and the integrity of the promise that I had kept. There was still a lot around that. But once I worked through that, And I realized that really, I was the one who felt ashamed. I was the one that was projecting all this. What I had said, you know, was I was honoring him. It was really my own fear of shame and judgment. And so once I did release it, and then I started to get comfortable with it, and I went through the process of writing about it and really realizing what was happening during those years And, um, yes, yeah, now I can stand in my truth and feel the freedom and the joy. And that is really my message to, um, anyone who is, you know, I don't know if it's hiding. I never felt I was hiding behind the secret, but I just felt that it was me. It was my DNA. Like, you know, who was I without this story or without this secret? And, um, I liked what I wound up finding out. I did like me after all. Mm, that's beautiful. And I think if you look at shame, guilt and judgment, they're just uh, blocks, aren't they? they not yeah. allowing you to see what you need to see. Right. Because the hardest thing was I had beat myself up so long, you know, my children, you know, didn't have a father and I made these bad choices and I really had to peel, you know, peel back these layers. And the one thing I didn't want to do was really see myself for who I was, and that I was okay. You know, the hardest thing, and I really do believe the secret, I always say that, you know, this, the book is not about AIDS and, and overcoming hurdles and challenges and obstacles. The book is really a love story. And it's a love story of how I learned to love myself. Because until I learned to love myself, I couldn't I wasn't whole. I couldn't give love. I couldn't be love. I couldn't see love. I just, yeah. So that is really the secret of the book. It's about learning how to love yourself. Mm. And that can be a challenge sometimes. I think that Mm. it's easier said than done. 
Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's those little things that uh, for me are signs when I catch myself uh, judging myself, uh, I just think, wow, would you actually say that to your best friend? And the answer all the time is no. Then Mm. why are you saying it to yourself? Why not be kinder to yourself? Why not embrace who you are and flaws and all? So um, it's easier said than done, I think. And I'm saying this for our listeners as well because I don't profess. I I practice it. I'm not 100% there, but I've been practicing it for quite some time. Yeah, Mm. I think we all do. I mean, I have days that I'm just like I want to throw the blanket back over my head and say, really, another day? And then there's days that I just fling the blanket off of me and jump out of bed and just embrace the day. So I think knowing that, you know, we have those days and knowing how to take care of ourselves on those days that we don't have to go back into that black hole. You know, we just need to honor and respect Maybe we're just having a bad day, Mm. right? We don't need to completely beat ourselves up and take on the whole world. So, um, yeah, the practice of self-care and self-love, you know, it's not just about going to get your nails done or a massage for sure. No, and it's honoring your feelings, right? It's it's it, we are humans after all, and it's okay that you are feeling a bit flat or whatever that may be, and honor those feelings rather than think. Uh, I think what we can get into is this perpetuating conversations with ourselves. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I should be feeling that way, and so right. you know, and you're constantly creating this inner conflict. When in actual fact, if you don't feel up to it, honor those feelings. It's okay. I'm just going to stay in today and just take you know. Take some time for myself. Yeah. Mm. And it's such, you know, especially as women. I mean, we can't do that. We either have so much other outside responsibility. We have our our careers, our children, our family, our, you know, our maybe our parents to take care of. Where are we going to find this time to just be kind and gentle to ourselves? Mm. It's it's it is a practice. And it took me, and I and that's why like I, I love to say to, to women, you know, when I do my talks and we meet and it's like, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. You, you know, you owe it to yourself. It's, you've been given this beautiful life. Live it, mm, live it. So Take true. the time. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. So Kathy, the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration is about pain points. What would be some of your biggest pain points that you deal with, whether it's life or business, and how do you uh, stumble over your solution to work through them? Mm, my pain points. Um, I guess my pain point is always, um, it always seems to come up, is the self-doubt is self-doubt, you know, and, and I've been able to see how that's worked. You know, as I said, I had a really successful career, um, you know, in sales and marketing or whether it's, you know, in my own personal life or being a parent, you know, is that, that little nagging, you know, that, is this the right choice? Because I think that when you've spent a long time thinking that the choices that you made were not the best, you really doubt yourself. So I really have to really trust myself and I've learned to really rely on my intuition, on my gut. And when my gut and my stomach says to me, no, or my heart misses a beat and it just doesn't feel right, I trust it. And I don't always do what I think I'm supposed to be doing, right? Mm, yeah. 
So, you know, you have to, again, it's, it's about finding that courage to be brave enough to stand in that truth. So, um, yeah, so those, you know, the pain points for me is self-doubt, easy to self-sabotage and beat myself up because it's so much safer and easier to stay in the darkness than to stand out and shine in the light. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny. I I was uh, speaking with another guest on the show just in regards to that. It's one of those things, whether it's self-doubt or or whatever that may be, I actually look at that as, you know, my saboteur because it is really there to keep you safe. Like you were saying, if you felt safe in the dark or felt safe uh, not being in the light, uh, absolutely, your saboteur will do everything in its power to keep you away from the light. So, And it could be as simple as, you know, standing up on a stage and speaking to hundreds of people or um, writing a book or coming on a podcast, those kind of things. So you're actually what you're doing is walking through, you're just ignoring your saboteur and, and doing what you need to do anyway to stand in the light. Well, yeah, the strength where I find my strength to do that is when I think of all of the years that I really gave up not being me. And let me say this much, Catherine, it is hard. It is hard to get up on the stage and be open and vulnerable and share secrets that you've held, you know, for 30 years. I did not tell my younger son who is now 30. My younger son didn't even know the real story of his father till about four years ago. Mm. Right. So, you know, how do I now find myself, you know, a few years later, I'm up on a stage, you know, supporting women and encouraging them to stand in their truth and be brave. So, yeah, it's it's easy to just default and say, let me just stay in this little world. And, you know, I've healed myself and I'm OK. But when I realize that we have so much potential and we don't, you know, we, we shy away from it. It's so easy to play small. Uh, you know, that's not the way to live. Mm, I know. But the other thing is by you standing on the stage, opening up, sharing your story, you're actually allowing other women and men um, mm. to open up and share their secrets. Yeah. Mm. And that, that is so, it fills my heart. You know, and we talked about, you know, the heart work, right? You know, this isn't about in my head, like, oh, here I am, you know, I'm standing up on a stage and aren't I fabulous? Oh my God, it's so not that. But when I stand there and I have, I, I remember it was just the week before the book was being released and um, a gentleman came up to me and um, I was at a writer's workshop and he had read, the, I had a copy of the book and he had read it and he came up to me and he said to me, I could have been your Larry. And I looked at him and I didn't know what he meant. You know, did he have, you know, AIDS? Did he, was he a drug addict? I, I just didn't know. And I just looked at him and he said, he said, I, I have, you know, I've been in recovery for over 10 years. He said, but I've been a heroin addict and I was a dentist. He said, and I couldn't share that with anyone mm. because what would they think? And he said, you were able to take the darkness and the, you know, um, a drug addict or the seediness and that they're bad people and they're still people, you know, they could mm. be your son, they could be your daughter, they could be your father. That doesn't make them, you know, this horrible, horrible person, you know, it's a disease. So, to, you know, and he thanked me for that. And that's when to me, it was like, that was probably my sign from Larry 
this story needs to be told because if you can help people by sharing your story, you know, others can open up to their own. Mm, so true. Wow. Very powerful. So the other question I love to ask a woman of inspiration is what do you think is a reason for individuals to fail uh, to succeed in business in general? What I'm sorry, could you repeat that? No, what yeah, do I- sure. What do you think is one of the reasons that most individuals fail to succeed in business? So I think there's um, uh, some of the information that uh, you shared with me was with uh, Dr. Debbie Ford. Did you want mm. to maybe talk us through what she experienced? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. In my own career, I noticed after I'd gone back through the years and I really looked at the patterns was that I actually – you know, in based on my upbringing and and the life I had lived um, up until that point with Larry, I made this like what I like to call this commitment to myself to not really be seen, right? To just play a little bit small, and I really climbed that corporate ladder. But as soon as I got really close to the top, right, I would just back off and I would just give this, you know, this powerful information or these great strategies to you know my you know, senior management and said, here, run with it. And I did that because I had made a commitment to myself because I was so afraid that if I was seen, right, that I would be exposed. And, you know, someone like this whole thing with um, Dr. Ford, you know, I had watched an interview and um, they were interviewing her sister-in-law. And I think it was um, MSNBC, one of the commentators said, you know, well, did she ever talk about it? Did she ever mention that this happened? And the sister-in-law was like, no. Like, why would she have said this to anyone? Like, that was something that had happened to her. Like, maybe her husband knew. But, you know, like, it's not something you just go around talking about. And, you know, and this is like, so here's this woman, she, you know, she speaks her truth, she comes forward, you know, because he is going to be, you know, voted into the Supreme Court, and she felt compelled to share the story after so many years, right? Mm. So many years, and she had no, she could have stayed, she could have stayed in her world where it was safe, but she knew that it was, it was too powerful. Like she needed to share that so that people would know. And then look what happened, right? Like, well, maybe she's, you know, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's, you know, they're both telling the truth and then there's the big debate. But, but the sad thing was, was that, you know, she was willing to step into her truth and it's still, it inspired so many women to do this, but at the same time, did it really change anything? Mm-hmm. And that's where the, you know, that's where we, that's that space, that gray area where we really get caught in our heads. Should we say anything? Should we talk about it? Will it make a difference? Will it matter? And I think that what she did, it does matter whether he's, you know, been, you know, um, uh, been given the seat or not. It's that she has rallied so many women and men, you know, when you to, to, um, to really come out and speak their truth. And when you speak from a place of truth and honesty, it will never, it will never, um, it'll never hurt you. Mm. And I think she, I think she did, she did the world and a service by being that courageous and coming out and taking a chance and I'm sure disrupting her life 
beyond all means and and speaking her truth. How empowering is that? Mm, I know. And for our listeners that don't know Dr. Ford, she actually passed away. Oh, excuse me, passed away uh, quite some years ago. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, you're thinking of Debbie Ford. Yeah, that's what I was. Oh, that's what I was oh, thought you were talking so about Debbie sorry. Ford. Ah. ah, this is so funny. It's like, uh, it's not funny. Ha. Ah, no, here in the US, we've just had this whole big thing ah. with, uh, the, you know, someone, um, Trump putting some, you know, um, Oh, when I say that, you know, Mr. Kavanaugh, this, you know, this um, Judge Kavanaugh, he was up for um, to be seated on the Supreme Court. Right. And there was a doctor, she happens, her name also happens to be Dr. Ford, or, you know, uh, and right. she came and spoke out and said that, you know, when they were in college, something had happened between, you know, I didn't want to be like the newscaster, but, sure. you know, he said that she, he had um, tried to um, rape her. Mm. And, the whole, like the whole United States right now, America is so upside down to begin with, but it's really, you know, to have this woman come out and say that it's really divided everything, right? Right. Do you leave someone you don't? But my point of the story was she took that chance. It was like me coming out and saying, did I need to do that? She yeah. needed to do that somewhere in her heart. She had to say what had happened in her life. Right. Right. Of course. No, that's why I was asking about Dr. uh, Debbie Ford. No, that's fine. Because she also was talking about, um, she talked about uh, sending your truth, uh, a lot around fear, judgment, shame, rejection, courage, bravery. So that's, that's, uh, there were similarities in in what they, uh, I guess. Their message. Yeah, well, uh, well, and that's probably it's now. I am also a certified Debbie Ford um, integrative coach. Right. Because I do do the shadow process in the work that I do, because uh, what I found in p- telling my story was I had a lot of layers to p- peel back. Now, yeah, I have done a lot, let's say, in traditional therapy, but it's not until you really go into those shadows, those underlying commitments that you have made, you know, under the age of 10 and, you know, playing it safe and, and all of that. So I so it's you know, I so honor um, Debbie Ford's work, and I'm honored to be one of her, you know, students. And you know, I do do this work and bring it forth into the world. So, yeah, she's a remarkable woman. She passed about five years ago, maybe yeah. a little. Long ago. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Did you, for our listeners, did you want to talk a little bit about the shadow so that they understand what that is exactly? Yeah, well, the shadow is, um, you know, it's those beliefs that we, you know, they they're there are beliefs that they're just ingrained in us. They're part of our DNA. They are the self-sabotaging. They are the things that we, we really believe to be true about ourselves. And they're not. But they're through the course of our lives, you know, from the time we're like little children, we start to make these things about us. And they, they're, they, they usually come from a place like where we make commitments, what we call like underlying commitments. You know, like if I grew up in a household where there was a lot of fighting, um, maybe I decided to be quiet because if I'm quiet, I will be safe. Right. Mm. But and then when, you know, you, we go out into the world. Right. And we grow up and we can't seem to, you know, it's a discrepancy from where we are to where we want to be. Right. And we're like, we just can't get there. It's because what we're really committed to is playing small. 
and to not use our voice, right? But until we really start to break through that, those shadows of where did it come from and why, once we know it, we can honor it, say goodbye, it kept us safe then, but we don't need it necessarily as adults. So what we need to do is go on and make a new commitment. I am powerful. I am truthful. I have, you know, nothing to be ashamed of. So for me in the world that I had come from of keeping even from like my earlier childhood, it was always about being quiet. And then I was a natural person to be the best secret keeper for 30 years, right? You couldn't Mm. have picked a better person. It was in, you know, it was my belief that I would be safe, that I would be safe if I just was quiet, you know, and it it was so not my truth, but it was what I really believed. It was my belief. Mm, I love that. And so as a coach, what kind of process would you take someone that has a lot of shadow work they need to break through? Well, it's a process that where we really start out with, it's almost like a 10 you know, um, about 10 or 12 steps. And what we do is we look at them from the beginning, which is our, you know, what is our vision? What is our possibilities for our life? And then we'll go through all of the reasons. The next thing that really, you know, I get a lot of, well, I don't know what I want to do. I don't, I want to make more meaning in my life, but I don't know how to do that or what that means. And then, you know, then we'll roll into like, resistancy and excuses, right? And why we can't do this. Well, I'm not good enough. I didn't finish college. Um, I'm not pretty enough, right? But what are we really saying? It's not because we're not pretty enough or we didn't finish college. Maybe we're saying we're not worth it, right? That's what we're really, you know, those are the underlying things. And then, you know, you go into, you know, we've certainly explore upbringing and underlying commitments and shadow beliefs and, and, you know, then we learn, you know, we learn then to, um, to, to claim the qualities that we have, just like we push away the ones that we don't want to, um, admit that we have, that maybe we do have a quality that we're selfish, but yet it doesn't mean our behavior should, you know, should be reflective of that, but we all have, you know, what somebody else m- might be like being selfish is completely different than your idea of being selfish. So we push away a lot of that negativity in our life, but by the end of the shadow process, we also walk in and reclaim our own gifts because those gifts we've denied for so long because we've been told, no, you know, you're not that, you're not worthy, you're not acceptable, you know, you're just not what, you know, you're just not worthy of it. And we hide behind these. That's why we drink too much or we do drugs or, you know, we shopaholics or, you know, what are we hiding from? What are we running from? And then by the end of the process, you know, we reclaim the gifts and the brilliancy of who we are. Mm, I like that. I, don't, I haven't. Uh, one thing I haven't heard is what are we uh, from a shadow aspect? Is what are we uh, running away from? Uh, hiding absolutely because we do hide in the shadow side, and that's pretty much links into what we were talking about at the start, where it's easier to be in the dark than the light. So how then, do? You, oh, go on. No, 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 no. Go on. So how does one? So I understand what you're saying. So once you identify your shadow aspect. Uh, how do you then move away from that towards claiming your gift or power? 
how do you work with your shadow? Are you looking at where it comes from? Uh, you know, is it really your voice? Uh, whose story is it? Is it that kind of um, those steps that you talk about, your 10, 12 steps? Absolutely. It's like, what's the meaning that we make behind these things that we decide to be true or not true, right? It's like, what, is, what, are we, what, do, what do we make meaning around that? And I think that the most important thing is that it's a, to, to realize is that when we're doing the work, it's a process of unpeeling. And it really just picture it like that. It's like one layer after another after another. And then when you get, it's like you peel it back and you get to the gold, Right. And the yep. gold is who we really are. And that's why for me, it was like my whole life, I just wanted to be loved. Right. And it was like, I would do anything, you know, um, and not, yeah, like when I say do anything, that's how it felt, right? Oh, I made the wrong choice. You know, I married somebody who had been recovered, but he wound up going back and he was a drug addict, you know? Well, you know, I made meaning that meaning it wasn't, I wasn't the drug addict, Right. But yeah, I felt like one. I mm. felt like I was the bad person, right? But once I really realized what I was making meaning, I was just avoiding me, you know, and, and I didn't want to accept that, um, you know, maybe I did make a bad choice, but that didn't mean my life was over. That doesn't mean that I can't make new and empowering choices, right? I was yeah. getting, I was just stuck in the story. So it wasn't until I really cleared all of that, that that's why I say, you know, reclaiming the gold is really learning to love yourself. That's it's right. really learning to see that underneath that what we think is just like a hell of a life or a victim of circumstances and challenges that, you know, we're born into this world. I mean, we are sent down or, you know, created. We are, we're perfect, we're absolutely perfect when we come into this world. It's all the other things, the exterior. It's all the things on the outside that make us doubt ourselves and think we're not good enough. And, um, yeah, so it's like until you clear that, how do you really get to the gold? You've got to mm. do, you've got to do that deep work. And that's what Debbie was just, you know, she was so amazing at that. It was just like, you know, if you find the even the gift in the bad or the, you know, negative or in the dark, because it kept you safe. It, listen, me, I did not have a terrible, in, in the end, I mean, people would look at my life. They thought it was, you know, I was doing, I had a great job. You know, I was living in New York City, um, working for like these great companies, traveling the globe, you know, eating in fine restaurants, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, still underneath it, I was Kathy Crawford, mm. right? Yeah, because on the outside, it all looked good. But who was I on the inside? I didn't know anymore. I knew what I was supposed to do and how it's supposed to look. But it didn't make me whole or heal mm. me in any way. So, Kathy, you mentioned something before about peeling back the layers. And I just wanted to say something for our listeners is that quite often when you do the deep work and you are peeling back the layers, uh, what I find sometimes I get people saying, hang on, I've been working on this for months and now my stuff is coming up. And I always say that's awesome because your stuff is coming up because your unconscious mind and you are ready to deal with it. That's why it comes up. But you're peeling back the layers. So as we peel back the layers, it allows the other stuff to come to the surface. So I just wanted to share that because some people think that you go and do this work on yourself for a couple of months and it clears everything up. And actually, actually it doesn't. It does take some time and it does take that deep work that you talk about. So I just oh, wanted it does. to bring that up. 
And thank you for bringing that up because I don't, you know, I even hate saying, you know, when I say it's like 10 or 12, but these are the distinctions that we go through. And some distinctions could take, you know, people several weeks, several months. You always, and you always go back. I'm I always catching myself in my shadow. Where is that coming from? You know, when you were saying like, what are still your pain points? Well, that's self-doubt, you know, self-sabotaging, self-doubt. It still creeps up right? It, you know, it, it's always going to be there, but it's like meditation. It's like when the thoughts come, right? The thoughts are always going to come. You're never going to stop your mind from thinking, but it's so you learn to control it. You learn to say, you know, I'm going to take some time right now and I'm going to meditate for five minutes and you know what? You'll be there. Just stay over there for now, thoughts. I'll be, mm -hmm. I'll get back to you in five minutes, you know? And it's like when you start to be able to control them, then your life is not spinning out of control, right? We don't, we have, um, you know, we, we have, you know, I don't I hate to use the word control, but we do have like a control. We know where it's coming from. And when we have that, we have, it's a different sense of ourselves, right? Instead of that scared and you know that wild child just running right because mm. the inner child's always running it just wants to be safe and protected so true absolutely so kathy as we wrap up the show we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand what would be that one word for you for my brand it would be the word truth for me and i i but it's a tough one i say truth but i also have to say love Mm, I love both of those. Absolutely. And the other thing that we love to do as we wrap up the show is to ask our woman of inspiration to leave three shiny gold nuggets for our listeners. So what would be those three shiny gold nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? Um, the three that I would like to leave, it's such a good question, um, is always be true to yourself is my first one. Mm. Be true to yourself. Um, the truth will set you free and um, live a life live filled with love. Be love, give love, send love, because love will conquer all. It really does. Mm, love that. Absolutely. So the other thing, uh, Kathy, is where it would be the best place for our listeners to find you? Um, you can find me um, on my website at um, www.kathy. Now, I do spell my name K-T-H-E, so it's Kathy Crawford. Um, and you can find me on my website. The book is on my website. Of course, it's on Amazon. And I think it is sold um, um, in, I think, in Australia and UK. You know, it's published, um, I'm um, Utopia. I'm not sure what mm. the the the... the um, bookseller is there online but you can get it on amazon and um that's where you can find me and on facebook um just um google kathy crawford and you will find me and mm. i would love to hear i would love to hear i always say please send me i would love to hear from you and your stories and what you're working through and i you know i'm really building this community now called your truthful life and it's a community, a global community for women that they can find the support and the know-how to really learn to claim their voices and speak their truth. So you can find me on Facebook there. 
Beautiful. So we'll have all the links in our show notes. Kathy, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your story. What an amazing story. And I have to say, honestly, that I'm sitting here going, what are some of those little secrets that I've got uh, <sighs> that I'm holding back on? So I'm sure our listeners will too. So thank you so much for your time and energy. Thank you. It was a pleasure. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.